Hello, Husky fans! This is Max Cerullo, and you are listening to another episode of Yes, UConn, the podcast where we dive deep into the greatest UConn basketball teams of all time. And it's, uh, it's kind of wild to think about. This is, uh, I guess, our season finale, so to speak. We're going to be taking a little break as uh, your boy becomes a father in a couple weeks, and uh, just in time for some real news to break. Tim, like, we actually have some stuff to talk about. We're not just, like, making up and, you know, you know BSing about past UConn teams. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> It's been a fun week, hasn't it? I know. We've got we name, image, and likeness. we got our boy Donovan Klingon is in the fold. Uh, and we have a, I wouldn't say a surprising result, but I mean, maybe a little bit surprising. So uh, our tournament team's challenge is officially a wrap. And 2004 is our winner. Uh, the number two seed upsets number one, 1999. In fairly convincing fashion, it was a 72 to 28 was the final margin. I have to say, I, I, I'm not really surprised 2004 won, but I am a little bit surprised. I, I didn't, I don't know, 99 is just like the, the team, right? Like, I don't know. What do you, what did you think of that? What do you make of that result? Yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised by the result at all, or by the winner at all. I mean, 2004 was such an amazing team. Um, but, you know, that nostalgia kick from 99 and being that first team to win a title, you know, and being insanely good as they were, you figured it might be a little bit closer. And in the early going, if you were checking the poll, it was 99. Pretty early on was the convincing leader. And then all of a sudden, the votes start rolling in, and 2004 just kind of takes over. And it was over pretty quickly after after we started getting tons of votes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that it wasn't closer to, you know, 60-40, but that... That 04 team was really something. I guess it's good to have some real clarity. I figure, like, 1999 was an amazing team, but I have always felt that 2004 has been a little overshadowed. Like, if you, like, go back and you talk about, you know, the most memorable or the best or, you know, whatever of UConn's past uh, tournament teams or championship teams, rather. I do feel like 04 is often the last of the four championship teams to be discussed. Just, I, I guess maybe yeah. it's be simply because they were so good and so dominant. But, like, 99 has, like, the they beat Duke in the final. And it was just unbelievable, an unbelievable season. It was the first one. 2011 had Kemba, and that was such a memorable season because it just came so out of nowhere. And 2014, you know, as the results of this tournament bared out, really wasn't like quite in the same class as like a dominant team, but between Shabazz and, you know, Kevin Ollie, the, the American athletic conference and all the stuff that was going on for that team to go on that run. And, you know, th- nobody, nobody disputes that they weren't a deserving champion. I mean, they were awesome. It's just like, you yeah. know, it's a better story, but 2004, I think as this result made clear, I think UConn fans respect them as the best team. Like they, that team just looking at like going over their record, their roster, I mean, God, that team was so good. It's unbelievable how good they were. Like, they're so much better than we even remember them. It's it's really something else. So, um, yeah, I think you made a really good point with, you know, we kind of look at them as just like the, you know, when we talk about the titles, they're kind of the last to come up just because they were so dominant. I mean, they were, I mean, it was a, 2004 was a weird season in general, so the poll didn't necessarily reflect it with, you know, St. Joe's and Stanford pretty much running the table in the regular season. You had a bunch of really good teams in there, too. But that 2004 team, I mean, the roster top to bottom was ridiculous and dominant. And so it was, it always felt like that was a team that was going to make a run in a national title. I don't know. In 
obviously 2011, 2014, that, that wasn't the case. 1999, we hadn't done it before, so it was kind of a, okay, well, how far can we get this year after the Elite Eight last year? And, you know, you felt like there was a chance that they could go on and win it. And to do so against Duke was really special, especially that Duke team. But 2004 between Ben Gordon, Emeka Okafor, Charlie Villanueva, I mean, Josh Boone, Talik, everyone, anything short of a national title would have felt like a huge letdown. Yeah, it's true. I mean, and I think it's also great, like, within the comments that, you know, a lot of the people who weighed in on Twitter and kind of gave their two cents, really the recurring theme was is that just simply 99 wouldn't have an answer for Emeka. And honestly, I think that's yeah. true. Like, I really, like, that is probably the biggest uh, mismatch in the series. And, and uh, I don't know. I mean, Emeka was the national player of the year. That's, you know, we're not talking about like, like just like any kind of, you know, big man matchup. We're talking about a guy who, you know, there's a great big men who can't necessarily take over a game. Emeka could take over a game on both sides of the court. So that, yes. that it really is a uniquely challenging matchup that 99 probably would have struggled with. And yeah, obviously 99 has rip. You could probably almost make the same argument the other way, except I don't know, 2004 just collectively as a team they would have figured it out. I mean, we, we see it sometimes like on paper, it's like, would 2011 really have stood much of a chance against a player like rip? Well, yes, we know they can because they figured it out with Kawhi Leonard and others like him, like teams can, you know, a well-coached team and a well, like just a championship level team. They, they can do it. They can make it, you know, they can make things happen that on paper you wouldn't necessarily expect. I don't know. It's just part of a good, being a good basketball team. So I don't know. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Richard Hamilton was a game changer, obviously, and he could turn a game on its head by himself. And like you said, Emeka could take over on either side of the floor at any given time. But you know what? Ben Gordon could too. So ninety, like, and obviously Khaled Elamine was a great player, all that. But when it comes to like the actual, you know, big time game changers, you've got Rip Hamilton for ninety nine, but then you've got Emeka and Gordon for the two thousand four team. So it's hard. It's hard enough to have an answer for a mecca. It's almost impossible to have an answer for both. Yeah, really. It's it. It's so true, and it's so it's so much fun just thinking back at that team and just all these teams in general. So, Tim, I gotta say, this was a lot of fun. Um, great way to spend the it last was. couple I had a of months. Great time with this. I mean, let's be honest. Like, what else would there have really been to talk about? It's been, uh, you know, college basketball's <laughs> off seasons is brutal because like it, it's not like the NFL where there's like news every day. Like there, there really is like. I mean, sure, maybe every week or every day there'll be something happening somewhere. But, like, we don't care about what happens with, like, you know, the assistant coach, you know, kind of screwing over uh, whatever your, like, bottom tier Big Ten team. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, UConn-related news it, it kind of scarce this time of year. Uh, well, except for now. <laughs> it turns out now we now we have quite a bit to talk about. So um, They were just waiting for the tournament to be over. Seriously, I guess a little shout-out to UConn for uh, – doing for doing this show a, a solid there um now i before i guess why don't we transition into maybe we'll say uh the future by c- considering a possible bonus matchup that maybe you and i can talk about a couple years from now what do you think about 2004 versus the 2023 team <laughs> oh boy so uh yeah, we, well, I, I bring this up because uh, you you and I, when we were discussing this earlier, you, you made an interesting point. 2004, yes. uh, in terms of top recruits, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they had eight or was it nine top 100 recruits? 
I just counted it was nine. It was in nine. The top 100 consensus. 2023. What are we looking at now? I believe are they up to eight? Eight. It's the best. It's yes, the it's the most it. talented UConn team on paper that we've had in a long, long time. And Donovan Klingon yeah. is the the big uh, the big highlight of the recruiting class. So, um, man, good things get coming. So, yeah, first things first. Donovan Klingon's coming to UConn. That's pretty big. Um, I mean, for those, I mean, everybody who's listening is probably well aware of like who Donovan Klingon is. But uh, you want to give him a quick primer on just kind of what you know who this guy is and kind of what UConn fans can expect by having him in the fold. Yeah. So as I mean, as most most everyone knows um, and has been celebrating the last few days, Donovan Klingon, a seven one kid from Bristol Central, so a local kid, and it always felt like you know this had to be the guy if you were going to get one player in twenty twenty two, you needed the local kid who is a seven one freak of nature. Um, really amazing story. We don't have to go into the full background, but just if you if you look it up, it's a really he's a really fantastic story. Um, just you know his upbringing and the player he's become and choosing to stay at Bristol Central um I mean the kid was over seven feet by the time he was 15 years old and I saw him at a couple of games before uh before things locked down back in uh back in the last season in the AAC and my god the size of this 15 year old he it was just it was so funny to me like I I was pointing him out to my girlfriend, and I, I was like, you're not going to be able to miss him. He was a couple rows behind the UConn bench, and yet he, he had to sit on the aisle because he had to have his legs hanging out in the in the aisle because he couldn't fit in the seat otherwise. Like, he, he just, like, his legs were so so long, he's, like, he's just such a huge person that he couldn't sit normally in one of the seats at Gamble. It was just stunning to see this. Um... Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is a huge get. This is going to be, and like you said, this just adds to what is already shaping up to be an incredible twenty-three squad. If you, um, you know, assuming everyone stays, and you were just saying it's eight top one hundred players. There's ten players on, on scholarship, or who will be on scholarship when Klingon and Corey Floyd Jr. sign as of now, who will be, uh, who will be on that twenty-three team. Eight of them consensus top one hundred recruits. Nine of them four-star recruits. Richie Springs, the only one who isn't a four-star recruit. He was he's a three-star, ranked one twenty-six on twenty-four-seven, and from what we hear within stores, people are very excited still about Richie Springs and what he can bring to the table. So, you know, the stars don't matter, the ranking doesn't matter, but all we've seen the last few years is you know, top recruits wanting to come back through the door at Gamble. And Dan Hurley is loading up with fantastic talent. And my goodness, if that front court is all there in 2023, I don't, you know, who's to say it will be, but Adama Sonogo, a Cook, a Cook, Donovan Klingon, Samson Johnson, that is terrifying. It really, I mean, yeah, it, that is like, Wow, yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable to imagine if that actually comes to pass, and we gotta we gotta emphasize it might not, and if it doesn't, it's yeah. hopefully because Adama or a Cook or possibly both of them are in the NBA. I mean, that's a possibility. It'd be a pretty great possibility. <laughs> I guess that's a good problem yeah. to have, where it's like, oh darn, half of our amazing front court went to the NBA. <laughs> I guess we'll just have and to sign another four star <laughs> guy to replace him because if that if you start doing that, then that's gonna start getting people's attention too. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, and the 
Klingon said that too. He said one of the reasons, you know, one of the big reasons why he came to UConn or chose UConn is that, you know, he believes in Hurley's ability to turn him into a pro. And, you know, that's something that, you know, we're probably going to see with Sunogo. If a cook can stay healthy, then there's a possibility there. I mean, they're like, Hurley is proving early on that he's got the ability to turn these guys into pro players. Yeah. And I mean, and obviously also the big East was a big factor. Yeah. And I think that's another thing. It needs to be emphasized too, that Klingon is now like what the fourth or fifth guy since the Yukon came back to the big East who either himself or his family or somebody explicitly said, yeah, him coming back to the big East was a factor. Like, hello, like, yes. it's a big deal. This is UConn's return to the Big East to, like, transform the program for the better. And, um, I mean, let's just kind of run through it. I mean, Klingon, he, he picked UConn over Michigan, who apparently Klingon is a, like, was a Michigan fan growing up. So, like, that's no small thing. Like, you know, you know yeah. Ju- Juwan Howard is a you know pretty good coach, too, with a lot with, a, you know, Michigan recently has had a pretty good track record of success. So being able to beat him, beat Michigan for their, you know, to keep clinging in the state is huge. And then, you know, like other guys, you know, a lot of other big programs too, like Michigan state, Ohio state were all in uh, Georgetown was looking for him. Syracuse, Providence, Rutgers. I mean, those are programs that like UConn's got to be winning these recruiting battles. And, and by the way, the, yeah. the salt coming out of Syracuse's message boards after that delicious, <laughs> I must say, I must say very oh, good. Klingon, uh, number 44 recruit in the class of 2022, according to rivals, um, you know, Corey Floyd Jr. is a, you know, fellow four-star guard from that class. So two really good players right now. Um, you know, I think right now UConn has been looking to try to, there's a couple guys, uh, and I don't know if there's any names in particular that we should really be keying in on, but, uh, it's safe to say that they, shooting is probably their priority now. They, they, that's really the only thing that yeah. roster is missing is like lights out locked, you know, lights out shooter, maybe a, a two or a three and D kind of guy. Um, you know, the type, somebody, somebody who can really put the ball in the basket from behind the arc. Cause you know, obviously by that point, um, Tyler Pauly will be, uh, will be gone by then. So that would be probably the only weakness I can really see on the roster that needs to be addressed. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, getting Klingon is huge. Uh, you know, what he was able to do for Bristol Central and just, you know, in the AAU circuit, I mean, it needs to be said. I mean, you know, him playing against high school competition in Connecticut, you know, you could, it's not necessarily the best competition, but, you know, the fact that he's been able to fly up these recruiting rankings based in large part on what he's done on the AAU circuit, you, you know, he's he's legit. Right. Like, he's he's absolutely a legit prospect. And 7-1, I mean, my God, like, I mean... <laughs> That's that doesn't come along very often. He, he's certainly the best big big man prospect that Connecticut's produced since Drummond. So you know that's that's a guy you need to keep yeah. in state. So um yeah, why don't we look at let's look at these rosters. So for for 2000 this coming season, so Klingon won't be a factor yet here, but you know for this coming season, UConn's got ten guys uh, on actually excuse me uh, twelve guys uh, including Polly and Whaley who will be back, and then um you know after Polly and Whaley and uh, well, we know Paulie and Whaley will be gone. Actually, it's kind of interesting. RJ Cole and Tyrese Martin could come back too, because uh, everybody who's currently on the roster, or at least was last year, I believe, is eligible for an extra year. So that's going to oh, make yeah. the roster comp like composition going forward a little bit interesting and uncertain. But I mean, for now, why don't we just assume Cole and, and uh, Martin are, are gone for 2023, and just if right. they if they show up, then <laughs> everyone's in so much trouble. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> 23 year roster right now is a Cook, a Cook, and Jalen Gaffney are seniors. 
uh, Andre Jackson, Adama Sanogo, Richie Springs would be juniors. Uh, Rasul Diggins, Jordan Hawkins, Samson Johnson are sophomores. Donovan Klingon, Corey Floyd Jr. are freshmen. Um, I cannot even imagine what the starting lineup of that could look like. You could really make a case for almost any of those 10 guys starting, and that's really, really exciting. Um, you know, shout hey, out- we got to give a shout-out to Rasul Diggins, by the way, because he has been putting in the work on the recruiting trail for UConn, and he was very, very intent on getting Donovan Klingon to commit to UConn. So huge shout-out to Diggins, who has barely even been on campus for a month and is already just making waves. The closer. I can't even – I mean, well, like, yes. he's the closer on the recruiting trail. I mean, we haven't even seen him play. He could, like – if he – you know, people compare him a lot to A.J. Price. If he turns out anything like A.J. Price, or the upperclassman version of A.J. Price, I should emphasize, yeah. oh, man, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. So, um – yeah, let's let's I don't know, just to kind of, you know, spitball here. So, a possible version of the front court will include some combination of a cook a cook, Adama Sonogo, Samson Johnson, Donovan Klingon. Um, and I say a poss- like any combination cuz we have no I mean, we haven't even seen Samson Johnson who is supposedly really good. Like he's like I feel yeah. the least hyped of the three guys, but he might be the best. He's re- currently re- like ranked as the best. He's 6'11". Um, he was a former teammate of Sonogo, I, I believe, at the Patrick School as well. Um, and Sonogo turned out to be pretty good. So if Samson Johnson turns out anything like him, or if he's even better, then, I mean, you know, he could be a no-brainer starter. And obviously, we know yeah. what a Cook, a Cook, and Sonogo are capable of. So that's a, you know, I feel like Klingon probably, you know, if all four of those guys are on the roster, Klingon probably isn't starting right away. But I mean, the possibility is tantalizing. Like, what if he does? Yeah, if that, he if he does, it means would, like he's crazy good. Yeah, exactly. Um, it would keep with Hurley's track record if he doesn't start right away. We've seen, you know, even with uh, with a lot of the freshmen that have come in, it's you know, a, it's a few games to a few months before we really start to see freshmen who are impact freshmen make it into the starting lineup with Hurley at UConn. So I wouldn't be surprised if you know, come twenty twenty two. We're looking at you know a Sonogo Johnson starting front court with Klingon coming in off the bench, and my God, that's that's terrifying to talk about. Yeah, and I don't, I didn't mention Richie Springs, but like I guess it bears mentioning too. I mean, like I don't see him starting, but he could be a potentially like you know a really valuable guy coming off the bench, and if he is starting, yeah. then well, that's a huge story in and of itself. But I guess we could discuss that you know if it happens. Um, and then, you know, the rest of the lineup, I mean, Jalen Gaffney, I feel like is, is probably a starter on that team. Um, I think by that point, I think he's got a big year coming. I think his, you know, his junior year is, is really a great opportunity for him to really show what he can do. Um, so, you know, hopefully he'll be starting. I think Rasul Diggins, I feel like is a pretty safe bet to start by then as a sophomore. Um, you know, and then I guess that would probably have Corey Floyd as probably the top guard off the bench and, you know, whoever, who knows? I mean, we might see. You know, RJ Cole could stick around. I guess that's a possibility that a, a guy could transfer in. You know, they maybe they'll get another big freshman. Uh, maybe that shooter that we were talking about could be in the picture. And then, you know, right. the, the number three spot, I mean, Andre Jackson and Jordan Hawkins, one or both of those guys could be awesome. So we'll, we'll wait and People see there. People are freaking out about Hawkins. He's for all, all the, all the talk about him is he is going to be phenomenal once we see him on the floor. Could you imagine, like, Andre Jackson, when we he was coming in, we all thought he would be this amazing, amazing player. And, like, he was, like, and let's be be clear, he, there were a lot of very good reasons why he didn't quite 
like break out as a freshman. So, but yeah. one thing that we could see right away is that Andre Jackson could do everything except score. <laughs> and, you know, so like once he figures out that part of his game, that dude is going to be a terrifying presence. And, you know, Hawkins, yeah. we haven't even seen him yet. And if he's as good as everybody says he's going to be like, man, so, you know, book night is gone. So one of those two guys has an opportunity to really be like the guy. And the fact that I, I don't know which one of them it's going to be, but it is funny to imagine like, what if both of them are just like NBA quality guys? Like then we have to throw out this whole lineup discussion. We're like, okay, so obviously we need, we need Hawkins in the lineup. We, we need Jackson in the lineup. So who, who, you know, so it's, it's a good problem to have, I think, for sure. Um, and then you're looking at a team that is 2004 level deep. Like, maybe not necessarily the same caliber of players, but not very far off. Isn't it fun to discuss the possibility where, like, 2023 could be, like, a 2004 or 2006 level team? It's been so long since we had it. a roster <laughs> where you look at every single guy and you're like, oh, my God. Like, you know, two thousand like it's just crazy to think like back in two thousand seventeen and eighteen, it was like the opposite. You looked at the roster and you were like, you know, face palming. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, what a difference a few years back, makes. A few years ago, we were freaking out, thinking that guys like Prince Ali and Terry Larrier were going to be the great saviors of UConn basketball, and then you know, now here we are, and things are actually looking up. Yeah, it's and it's crazy. Here, here's the the wildest thing to think about. Do you remember James Akinjo? He was one of like Kevin Ollie's big recruits from about three or four years ago. And when oh, Ollie, yeah. when Ollie left, uh, you know, when Ollie was canned, you know, he decommitted, he ended up at Georgetown and he's been all over the place. But like that dude's a really good player. He actually would have been a really good get, but given his college career path, he clearly would have not have stuck around at UConn. He's transferred like tw- yeah. two or three times already. <laughs> and it's like back then, I think Vance Jackson has too. Uh, yeah, I, I think yeah he has. I, it's been, yeah I think there there's been some. I forget who it was. I may, may I think it might have been Damamore or I, I apologize if I'm wrong about that. Had a really good story about kind of the career trajectory of all those guys. And uh, yeah, Vance yeah. Jackson was definitely one of the ones where I, I, leaving may I don't know if leaving would have necessarily been was necessarily the best decision for him. But obviously you know whatever it's it all played out the right. way it's played out. I don't think anybody really regrets that for on UConn side at this point. But yeah, I mean, you, I, I don't have it in front of me, but the grid when Akinjo committed and then left uh, lo- did not look very promising. And now here we are four years later and we're, yeah, it's it's like really like another another world, really. It's it's pretty awesome to see. Yeah. So um, I don't know, any other any other thoughts on Klingon, I guess, before we uh, before we move on? First of all, shout out to a dime back who seemed to have been in the know well before any of us. I mean, we were all hoping it was pretty much an inevitability, but... Uh, you never know, and especially you know being a Michigan fan and all that. But they seem to be on top of it before he even stepped foot on campus for his visit. So uh, nice job to them once again. And man, this this team is just shaping up so nicely. Once um, once he's added on twenty four seven as a UConn commit, that's going to make UConn the seventh ranked team in the nation for the class of twenty two. Um, of course, number fourteen for this coming season. And man, they're just you know. Players are going to see what's being built at UConn. They're going to see the players who are rolling in, guys that they're going to want to play with, and you know, win titles in Madison Square Garden, play against these big teams every single year, and you know, bring UConn back to the top of the Big East NCAA tournament contender again. I mean, the more players like Klingon and you know 
Diggins, Hawkins, Johnson, Floyd who come in, the more other big-time recruits are going to want to come here. And the better UConn's going to be. So, you know, Dan Hurley's building something special. I think there's no doubt about that. Yeah, it's true. It's funny. Like, most of these guys have been kind of four-star, kind of in the the 40 or 50 range. And it makes me wonder, like, it doesn't seem like it, some, it's, it only seems like a matter of time before Hurley starts to, you know, level up again. And we start talking about top 20 guys and some five-star guys. Like, it doesn't seem yeah. that far away. I, I don't know who the first one is going to be. Like, I haven't really heard much talk about any particular five-star targets that UConn's been after. But, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I certainly can't complain about the results so far. I mean, if they get another four-star guy, if they get that that awesome shooter that they really need... Man, that's uh, that's you're really in a good spot then. So, yeah. Anyway, good yeah. good stuff coming for UConn, and good stuff coming for UConn athletes. Who uh, I believe in about uh, I think it's July 12th is the day it takes effect. Um, yes. Well, officially the NIL era of UConn athletics will begin. So the other big uh, development recently is uh, name, image, and likeness has finally come to college sports. It's like truly a, like a a game changing, you know just an absolutely transformational moment in college sports and one that's so long overdue, you know, all the discussion about, you know, what'll happen if, you know, players can be paid. You know what? It's, I'm glad that we finally reached the point where all those bad faith and just ill-conceived arguments were just like, no, you know, we're, we're, we're going to let, you know, we don't need to worry about the school paying them. Let the, you know, or, you know, let the, let the local car dealerships pay them. Let the boosters pay them. What's really, it's all, it's been happening for, all of college, ever since college sports has been a thing, it's been happening, and now it's going to be above board, and people are going to see it's really not so bad, and it won't just be the, the little, you know, the small, like, you know, Heisman winners and the top quarterbacks making money. It's really like as we've already seen in less than a week, like hundreds, thousands of athletes have been getting a chance to, you know, make a little bit of money, and you know, even a little bit makes a big difference for these guys because you know it's not like they can really work full time jobs. Uh, Tim, what have your thoughts been on the start of name, image, and likeness in college sports so far? It's about time. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's long overdue, and it's only going to be a positive. Um, look, and like you said, it's not going to be you know it's not going to be the schools paying them, so there's no big deal there. And you know, I think it gives every athlete and an equal opportunity, which I think is great. I think that was one of the worries about when people were saying, oh, it's the, the school should be paying them. Well, you know, how do you pay football players compared to tennis players and field hockey players and track athletes? Like, this gives every athlete an opportunity to go out there and, you know, and profit off of their name. And, you know, I think about players like, you know, Paige Beckers, who has a huge social media presence and, you know, uh, Oregon women's basketball player like Sedona Prince and all the, you know, all the other athletes out there who have huge social media presence. And think about how much money people are making just off their social presence. And they're now going to have an opportunity to do that as with already the built-in name recognition before they even step on TikTok. Like, you know, Paige Beckers is the best women's basketball player in the country and she's going to be able to profit off that. And, I just think it's it's great for all these athletes. And I just think about some of the stupid stuff that we've had to deal with over the years. Like, even just, like, my own personal experience. I was in the – when I was at school, I was in the student union one day, and I was just – I was in the convenience store buying something for myself. And one of the one of the soccer players came in, so I was talking to him, and he was, like – he just, like, 
I, he had said something like, oh, I want some gum, but I don't have any money with me right now. And I'm like, dude, like, I can buy you a pack of gum and you can just pay me back later if you want. And, or, or it was like a $2 pack. Why did I even care? And he was like, I appreciate it, but that would, like, that could go down as an NCAA violation. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's that's really a thing that we're that we have to deal with right now. I can't literally just help you out and get you a pack of gum. Like, how how does that make any sense whatsoever? It makes so it makes no sense be, whatsoever. It's it's one of the no. biggest injustices of the NCAA system for decades. Yeah, like and like, who the hell am I? Like, I'm just the, like all I did was like I stood behind the goal and yelled for them like at every game and like cheered them on me buying him a $2 pack of gum was going to be a problem. Like what? So this, it's just all about time. And, you know, come, come July 12th, I think that we're going to see a lot of UConn athletes really, uh, really benefit from this. And hopefully all UConn athletes will be able to benefit from this, you know, from, you know, from the football team to the basketball team, to the hockey team, to soccer, tennis, everyone field hockey, it's it's going to be it's going to be a net positive. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, a couple of months ago when we were talking about the women's basketball, you know, the NCAA tournament situation where, you know, all the inequities in that we had a big conversation then about how valuable these you know women's social media presence could be. It's and well, guess what? A lot of people who weren't paying attention. I think a lot of eyes have been opened the last couple of days, like Livy Dunn from LSU Gymnastics. Five, over 5 million followers on TikTok and Instagram combined. If she's not a millionaire already in the last like three days, it won't be much longer. Like these people, these like, yeah. you know, and, and a gymnast, an LSU gymnast. We're, we're not talking about like Trevor Lawrence here. Like this is, you know, people look, people can m- make money using their name, image and likeness in a lot of ways. And I think people i think some of the haters and like we'll say the 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 doubters actually is a better description i feel like yeah. they're going to a lot of people are going to be shocked by who and how much some of these people are going to make um and as it pertains to Yukon specifically you know even you know even we'll say like some of the less uh, prominent athletes like you know maybe somebody on the women's hockey team you wouldn't necessarily think of as a ca- candidate for a big endorsement deal but you know what they can do they can host camps you know, all they got to do is like, you know, even not even necessarily at UConn, like some like a division one college hockey player can go back to her hometown, wherever the heck she lives and have a camp and, you know, make a couple solid couple hundred dollars, maybe even maybe even a couple thousand dollars just, you know, using yeah. their expertise. And, you know, look, if you're a division one athlete there, you are you have skills that will be in demand somewhere. So um, it's going to be great. Now, as it pertains to UConn itself, I am very interested in seeing who the first athlete to endorse some of the local spots will be. So Tim, why don't we do a little exercise, Tim? I'm going to give you a couple of, um, you know, a couple, let's actually, let's put it this way. I want you to tell me Tim Fontenot is a star athlete at UConn. You can choose what, you know, what your background is, you know, are you a soccer player? Are you a basketball player? What are you endorsing? That's what I want to know. What's uh, what's on your list of places where, if you are a college athlete in 2021, what are what what is what are you hoping to sponsor or represent or whatever? J Tim's dirt wings. First and foremost, I'm going J Tim's. That'll be my thing. I feel like you're gonna have some competition for that one, but uh, yeah, that's a oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I, it's gonna be a line out the door to for UConn athletes there, and I mean, hey, they'll they'll take all of us, put them on a poster, and uh, pay them all. Uh, Pay them all a nice little amount to promote those unbelievable dirt wings. 
So I, I'm going with you on wings, but actually, I want to be wings over stores as pitch man. Could you imagine? That's like, a good one. Everywhere on campus, they have their flyers up, and they have you know me and my smiling mug carrying a big basket of. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Cajun wings personally. I think you could obviously, you know, maybe that's their game plan. Find out who the best pitchmen for each of your wing flavors are. You can have me for the Cajun, which I know makes me a little bit weird. You can get somebody for Buffalo, uh, somebody for the honey barbecue. Who knows? I mean, oh, the honey barbecue from Wings Over, man. Here's, you know, here's here, so good. I, I got one for you. So, let's say I'm a random athlete. I literally not somebody you would like. Like, I wouldn't be like the 30th or 40th athlete you and I would list. And we decide, you know what? I know how to get a sponsorship from Wings Over. And so I go in there and I buy like an aircraft carrier, the biggest size of like their huge like catering platter, basically, and just say, load me up with the most obscure wing flavor that you sell the least of as possible. And I just make a viral video of me just smashing these wings, like eating as many as I can. And then next thing I know, wings over is I'm the pitch man to try to be like, yo, this wing flavor that nobody buys, come buy this flavor. And all of a sudden I've increased their sales and now I'm now I'm an influencer. That's what I want to see. That's fantastic. By the way, that's a good free that's idea. That's a free it's a good free idea for anyone, any athletes at UConn who might be listening. So uh the next one next one costs you know, next one will cost you, but you know, I think at this point you guys will all have enough money to pay what is it like the, the 15 dollars for free advice from this this goofy podcast i don't know <laughs> yeah man just all over campus going to like going to dp doe and is dp doe still there i, I hope, hope so it's I, not I, the best calzone on campus but just going and order your own weird you know your uniquely you calzone and you know put it on the they'll put it on the menu with your name and they'll uh They'll have you promote it and just, you know, do your thing. Here's a free idea also, for the I bars wanna... on campus, by the way. Here's an, you, you, your Ted's, your Huskies, your whoever. You get Paige Beckers, you give her a giant bag of money, and then you start offering Paige buckets. What's in this bucket? I don't know. Oh, it could be a bucket of beer. God. It could be a bucket of wings. It could be a bucket of whatever the hell Paige is into. That's, if, if, if one of, it, look, if Ted's or Huskies or any of those bars are not offering that by the start of the fall semester, you guys have all like, you should just shut down, shut, just, just shut down. It's, it's, it's free. It's the easy, it's how many, how, how many of those page buckets would they sell? It would be their top seller easily. Oh my God. I should really stop. I'm oh, like I mean, giving away all the best ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might hire you. Please do. I don't know. I don't. I, well. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I don't know. Any. So let's let's. Uh, so you know, Sergeant Peps. I feel like could be a good one. Get a you know some like custom pizza idea. Maybe insomnia cookies. Find out who the, yeah. the biggest insomnia fiend and in, you know in the Huskies athletic department is. You know, and then the car dealerships. I mean, and then you can have it. You can. You can have a night at insomnia where it's that athlete is the one who is going around with the delivery driver to bring you your cookies. Oh, that's great. Oh man, that would be uh, a really good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, there's so many. There's so many ways. So, let's car, Yeah, like you said, car dealerships, everything. Let's 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 play another game then. So, this is one obviously, you know, current Yukon athletes are really getting a great opportunity. There have been a lot of great Yukon athletes who were not able to capitalize on their name, image and likeness while they were in school. So Tim, I'm going to read you off a list of names, and I want you to tell me what they're what they're endorsing. You you up for this? Oh boy, on the spot, let's do it. All right, yeah. Well, let's let's we're just going straight instinct here. So like, let's start with let's start with an easy one. Uh, Kemba Walker, 
Who is Kemba, uh, you know, repping for while he's at UConn? Who is Kemba repping while he's at UConn? Oh boy. I feel like Kemba by by the time we get to like you know the start of the uh, after after the cardiac Kemba, I think I think Kemba's probably like got a Nike deal by that point. But even still, before oh, for sure he does. Um, UConn Health or one of the local hospitals after cardiac Kemba, you know, having him like promote, you know. Healthy habits. I don't know. I, I, I think like that. I think Kemba, like whatever the biggest. I, I mean, like we're talking about like like Webster Bank or the Hartford or like wh- whoever the biggest wh- yeah. the biggest corporation in Connecticut is at that point is probably just like dumping stacks of bills on Kemba's desk at that point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So here's another kind of similar along those same veins. Uh, Diana Tarazi back in the o three o four like time frame. Who 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 do you think she's repping? Do you do you think uh, you know? Obviously, she's probably getting similar deals, but like, is there any local place you can imagine that maybe she might be yeah. uh, might be doing? Um, every car dealership within a one hundred mile radius of stores. First of all, um, People's United Bank. Um, she was she would definitely be doing stuff for Bob's Discount Furniture and Bob's Stores. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, she she would be all over the place, just like with Kemba. She would be doing everything. I just had to warm up a little bit after Kemba, but pretty much all of the all of the places that promote at every UConn game, they would be begging Tarazi for to help them out. I think she'd be she'd be everywhere. I mean, you know, Diana, as we yeah. know, is is a very hard worker, a very you know very talented person. And certainly somebody who's very good at making money. Uh, she's gonna she's gonna appear in Space Jam. I think we should probably mention that. Like she is on like like the new version of the Monstars. Like she's the what is she supposed to be the White Mamba? Like she's like some like snake version of like you know her alter ego or something. So uh, that's pretty lucrative. That's <laughs> so DT obviously good at making the bag. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd love to see kind of what she she would do. So let's get let, how about so let's go for some that are a little more fun. Hashim the beat. Let's let's you know. Obviously, he'd have some big opportunities statewide, but I feel like Hashim would be a hilarious representative for one of the on-campus places. So who's who's getting Hashim? Oh, and we need to emphasize Hashim to be the seven foot three, very very charismatic, you know, dude. Like what? Who? He he. he there's some really fun fun yeah. potential for him. <laughs> I think that Hashim would be an amazing. We were talking wings over. I would I would throw buckets of money at Hashim to have him promote Wings Over. Oh, that'd be a good one. I I think I, I could see him absolutely doing that. I could I don't know know what his favorite spot was. Maybe somebody from like the 2006 to not 09 era could kind of tell us where he was going. I I feel like he'd be I feel like he'd be like a Sergeant Peps guy or a DP Doe guy. Like oh, just see yeah, him on campus, yeah. just like you know with the pizza or something. I don't know. That's I don't even know if he likes. Pe- I don't like know what he what he like food he's into, but I definitely feel like all those kind of places would be all over him. Um, Khalid El Amin. I think he's like the king of NIL back in the late nineties. What do you, what, what's he yeah. pitching? <laughs> um, after the nine title, he is everywhere around the state, much like, much like Tarazi. He's going to be doing everything and anything. Um, if there was one in particular, I think he would be doing tons of car dealerships. He'd be doing, you know, the local banks and stuff like that. Um, but he would have, he would have cleaned up. 
There's no doubt about that. I, I actually think, well, you're right about he'd be at every single car dealership. I think that's a that's a guarantee. I think he I think he does Subway or he does whatever Connecticut's local version of Subway is. Like you could absolutely oh, yeah. see Khaled like just like smashing a sandwich like with Bill Belichick or you know whoever or Megan Rapinoe or whoever, <laughs> right? Like oh, we're forgetting a big one here. Oh what? Dunkin' Donuts. Oh my God! Oh, Khalid at Dunkin' would be the best, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, he was already the biggest bucket of energy. He didn't even need coffee for that. Oh yeah, so now just... you're right. I, I, I'm now now that I see it, like I can't unsee it. Like just Khalid and all the all the Dunkins commercials in Connecticut. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm so in. Th- I like. We. I feel like we need to like film like a 1990s style Duncan's commercial with him like and de-age him somehow just because we were robbed of it back in those days oh my gosh that's so great maybe well you know what now Rasul you know Rasul Diggins that's that's our guy right could you see you see him doing Duncan's yeah. commercials I, I absolutely can he's definitely got oh, kind I of the could. he's got like the face for it too like in the personality like I would absolutely love to see him just like I don't know, crushing whatever, you know, culotta or coffee, whatever the heck Duncan is trying to pitch in two years. Like that, I feel like that would be really fun. I think Rasul is going to be one of the first UConn players that features in a Bob's discount furniture commercial. I think he's going to be talking about all the great stuff he's got in his dorm room. And he's just going to, you know, he's going to be hyped up about doing it. And they could even make a, they'll, they'll probably make like a clay version of Rasul Diggins. And, uh, <laughs> he's kind of got the face have, for it. Like, he like he's yeah. kind of like he got a little bit of that distinctive look where like you could do like a clay caricature of him and you'd be like oh yo it's Sewell like let's let's go <laughs> you know yeah I was I was really disappointed my tweet didn't get any traction the other night but after I said that I I said something like put Russell Diggins in the Huskies of Honor before his first game just for landing Donovan Klingon but then I responded I was like hey zip recruiter you should make Russell Diggins your first signing of a college Ooh, athlete. that's a good one too yeah Russell we already know he's a great pitch man. <laughs> Like he, he's clearly a close, yeah, know, exactly gets results. So, you know, any local business out there needs to be on that. Um, Stephanie Dolson, I feel like would be one of the really good ones from like the early two thousands. <laughs> She's probably endorsing something super offbeat along with like all the, you know, your usual like campus spots. Do you have any sense of kind of what she might be endorsing? Oh man. Um, well, I'll say that if, you know, if you're promoting a big party near, uh, near campus or you know downtown Hartford you want Stephanie Dolson to be there because Stephanie Dolson was the life of the party whenever she walked in a room and you know she she has the charisma she has the energy to sell any product so she'd she'd be another one who had the pick of everything just even before the two years where they didn't win a national title when she was here I mean she was you know she was awesome and would just like she could, like, she could sell you on watching paint dry. I mean, that's literally true. So, again, take your pick with her. I think you're absolutely right about the like the party scene. Like, I feel like she would be like you know one of the ones that the club promoters would be trying to get to come everywhere. So, yeah. And she, I mean, that's, I mean, hey, look, I mean, she she was she was fun as hell. So that that would be really good. <laughs> um, here's 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 a good one, Stanley Robinson. Who is Stanley oh, Robinson man. pitching for? Because you you know he's getting some offers, and you know he's probably taking them. I mean, he was a he was an eclectic dude, certainly a very interesting guy. I so I'm going to give you my theory. This is this is based on nothing and just so really preposterous. But like 
Couldn't you have seen Stanley Robinson being a, like a good old Tom's commercial? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like such a goofy contrast, but I absolutely could see him. Like I think I think good old Tom. I think passed away a couple of years ago, but like back like a few years, like you know, obviously like his commercials were everywhere when Stanley was on yeah. campus. So like, couldn't you have absolutely seen like Stanley just like showing up at good old Tom's, just being like, like good old Tom man, like this dude's this this dude's the man. Like you know, he hooks me up with, I don't know, like. The, uh, whatever gold I found in my backyard the other day or something. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Man, especially if they had ended up winning the title in 09 and he could have just, you know, presented to, like, go in there with his championship ring and, uh, you know, just stupid stuff like that. Um, he's, like, I could see him, you know, that was back when, um, you know, all those, like, indoor trampoline places were getting really popular. Oh, that's a good and one. And I could see, you know, because, I mean, I just lived for Stanley Robinson going airborne and I could see him living his best life by being in an indoor trampoline place commercial. Yeah. He'd, he'd probably end up like hitting his head on the ceiling though. So they'd have to be yeah, careful true. about that. Just be like, like Stanley, you can't really jump as high as you can or else you're going to, you know, going to hurt yourself or something. Yeah. All right. I got one last one for you. This one's going to make you laugh. And I don't even know if this is like necessarily like appropriate, but Johnny McEntee, from UConn football <laughs> prior to uh, enjoying his second act as uh, one of the top aides to president Donald Trump and you know, everything that that entailed had a moment at UConn where he went viral for a, uh, you know, the, the, what is it? The trick shot video. He's yeah. absolutely getting an, like some sort of endorsement after that. So who's signing McEntee back, you know, back when that was all he was. <laughs> Before, Dominoes. Dom, Domino. Oh, he hit the domino sign. That's right. That's a great, exactly. that, yeah, that's, that's it. Wow, man, that was quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Domino's, um, I could see, you know, maybe Gatorade getting, getting involved with that. Um, locally, you know, he actually, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he also, um, studied fashion for a bit when he was at UConn. So I could see like the local, you know, a place like Bob Stores or, you know, some of the, like... Men's some Warehouse. Of the clothing, clothing places around here. Yeah, Men's Warehouse, you know, places like that. Really, uh, really trying to, like, take advantage of that. And, well, not take advantage, but, like, capitalize on that. I'm, you know what I mean. I gotcha. Um, yeah, actually, you know, that's a good point. I mean, you know, he, he even back in those days, he absolutely was kind of that... He had that kind of vibe. I could see him doing Vineyard Vines. In fact, I could actually. Oh, of course, he would do vineyard vines. I could actually Come still see him now. doing vineyard vines. If we're being honest, that's definitely yeah. his whole vibe too. Or, vineyard vines and Sperry's. or like yeah, or like Ray Bans or like Maui Jim or something like that. You know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I like that one. That's yeah. Geez. <laughs> so <laughs> a- anyway. Um, so I, I, that's all I had on my list. Any other guys, you, or any other, you know, athletes you could see getting the bag from, you know, back in the day? Dan Orlovsky. Oh, yeah, that's a good I one. From, I don't know from where, but he would definitely be one of those guys. Um, from Aeropostel, of course, because, you know, he was oh, obviously yeah. repping. He was obviously repping their, their football jerseys, which is one of the strangest <laughs> things. UConn football <laughs> used to be sponsored by Aeropostel. What I, I'll never I'll that. never. That's easily one of the strangest, like, you know, uniform endorser or whatever I can imagine. I didn't even know hey, that that wasn't. Bowl... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say won a bowl game in those jerseys, I think. So, you know, credit to him, man. 
That's a good one, actually. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, Orlovsky ended up, you know, he spent 13 years in the NFL, too, so. Yeah. But that's a good one. Man, I don't know. There, uh, there's quite a few. Um, you know, the Dream Team would have, the Dream Team would have made, you know, they would have done well for themselves, especially Tate George. Um, after the shot, he would have been everywhere. I think Tate uh, George is your number one car dealership and you know insurance commercial guy of all time in Yukon history, for better yeah. or for worse, unfortunately. <laughs> I say used car commercial. Oh, um, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Rebecca Lobo and Jen Rosati after 95. I mean, that whole team, um, they would have been they would have been everywhere. Um, you know, Sue Bird, Shea Ralph, Svetlana Brosimova. I mean, you just keep going down the list. Like, well, I mean, obviously, cash. all obviously all the college, you know, all the basketball people would have been all making the bank. Swim, Swim yeah. Cash actually, I think probably more so than most. Like she, I mean, Swin is a very is a very successful, very you know savvy person. She would have probably been everywhere. Uh, Renee Montgomery is probably in that same category. The two of them would have just yeah. been. I don't. Know, I can't even believe those two are real. Like they're like. Like Renee Montgomery, especially, is like only like a couple years older than I am, and I feel like she's like like a million times more sophisticated and just like better at everything. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a woman who like was playing at, like in the WNBA and basically like like you know had a had a beef with her team owner and then basically helped let her lose her job as a senator and replaced her as owner. Like yeah, like what a what a G. <laughs> that is that's an all time flex. Yeah. I mean, among the many other things that Renee has accomplished in her life, yeah. If she yeah. was at, it, during her UConn days, she she's she's being she's making she's doing well for herself. I think for sure. The basketball players are all cleaning up. The mid two thousands football players are doing quite well for themselves. Um, yeah, I mean, they they'd be everywhere. I mean, and there are, there have been some fun athletes at the you know at the lower level, like the lower tier sports in terms of interest around here um i mean it should it would be fun to see what would happen like you know the baseball teams of the early 2010s and even even up to now you know everyone loves the everyone loves the baseball teams daryl strawberry's daughter played for the volleyball team a few years ago that uh that could have been fun um yeah all over the place and again there's going to be opportunities for athletes at every level and and in every sport so this is going to be great yeah, it's it's great. It's long overdue, and it's it's. You know, I'm really happy for all these these guys out, you know, all the athletes out there who are, you know, it's it's a big step forward in helping make college sports a, a more fair and equitable enterprise. And you know, yeah. it, it, we're not. It's not over. Like, there's there's like, I think a lawsuit working its way through that might help. If, you know, if it goes the athletes' way, it might get like athletes a cut of broadcast revenue, which would be huge. And then, you know, then obviously there's like the actual limitations on just getting paid directly by the school. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how these these are all years away from being resolved. But like, I think people are going to really I don't think people appreciate just how big a game changer this is. Like if athletes can capitalize on their name, image and likeness, you know, then the school's actually saying like, you know, they were compensating with a free education. It actually kind of works, you know, like that's something it really is. Yeah. And then, you know, like everything else and- after that is. Well, you know, how much is the athlete worth? Well, th- 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 we'll let the market decide, and then I think it'll be better for everybody. So it'll be yeah. good. And, you know, we were talking about all these, like, these fun out-of-school endorsements and stuff, but when when you think about, like, 
athletes have been having like no no one has ever been fooling anyone when you walk into a school's you know bookstore or whatever and you see the jerseys on the wall that that are for sale those numbers aren't random let's be honest when i bought my number 15 jersey my freshman year at uconn i knew i was buying a kemba walker jersey it didn't have his name on it but i was buying that jersey because it was kemba and now these guys are able to you know they're going to be at a point where they can actually you know, profit off that stuff. I don't like. I don't know if we've crossed that threshold yet, but we see. We saw Buddy Beheim is now selling a shirt with Syracuse branding on it, and it's a shirt with it's his name, a Syracuse shirt, but he profits from it, which is why I also said I need seven different UConn shirts with seven different Isaiah Whaley nicknames on them. But we haven't really I mentioned Isaiah enough. Whaley enough, actually. But like, if he's not being, yeah. if, if Home Depot or Lowe's doesn't endorse him like tomorrow or, or on the twelfth or whatever, then shame on them. That's he's their yeah. he's their guy. <laughs> local uh, local meat meat places promoting uh, their Isaiah Whaley pork chops. Uh, restaurants looking to hype up their jalapeno poppers. I mean, he's so, so many options he's got so much Isaiah range. Whaley. Like he, he really does. Like all over, the, like all of his nicknames. I mean, he, he's got potential for sure. Yeah, man. So, um, I think that's a good place to leave it. Um, so Tim, um, thank, first of all, thank you for just being an awesome co-host for the last. You know, I mean, really, it's. I mean, how many? <laughs> I, I don't know at what point I kind of abandoned the whole like having guests on. We just kind of just start, went went full hog into this, but uh. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, it's been this has been yeah, a really great man. run. Um, so for everybody, I mean, yeah, I, sh- I mentioned it briefly at the top, but uh, this is we're, we're going to go on a little bit of a hiatus here, uh, probably until I, I I don't know. We'll we'll see kind of how things play out. But um, for those of you know who haven't already kind of heard, my wife and I are expecting our first child imminently within a couple of weeks now, and uh, trying to record a weekly podcast in the office next to where the the nursery is. I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a great idea. So we're going to right, take it easy for a couple months and, um, you know, we're going to try to, you know, adjust to our new, our whole new thing. And, um, yeah, then hopefully we'll be back. Maybe we'll do a football episode, but otherwise we'll, we'll be back for kind of the lead up to basketball season. And, you know, we, I think UConn, UConn basketball has got a right future ahead of us. So it's going to be good. Yeah, no doubt about so, that. So Tim, before and we go, anything uh, anything else uh, I guess you want to add before we uh, call it a call it a season? Yeah, just, you know, thank you for having me on all the time and uh, putting up with me every week. It's been a lot of fun and I, you know, I, I'm always I always love chatting UConn sports, especially with you. I mean, we go way back and it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I'm wishing you and the family the best as you uh, welcome in your first child and you know, man, you've been you've been busy with with that. Now you're covering the Red Sox, and I'm making sure to follow all your all your Red Sox stuff. So, yeah, that's man, actually exciting times for you. That's actually some breaking news too. Yeah, I guess you can tell them all kind of what the story is there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I thought it, um, it's official now, right? Because I, I saw you on Twitter. Uh, we we did I, covering it. I did finally break the news. Yeah, so I for those uh, I guess who have been following my my own journey, I've been covering high school sports and uh to into you know i guess we'll say in a part-time capacity the patriots for the last four years but uh i, I guess the company liked what i was doing and now i'm on the red sox full-time starting soon it's crazy that's gonna happen like right on like the same week as the baby comes it's uh, a, a big moves in the cerulo household i'll say that <laughs> it's, it's, 
I don't anticipate uh, getting a lot. World Series in the next few months. That's awesome. I'm gl- look. I'm glad. I, I am thrilled to have this opportunity, and I'm also thrilled that I'm having the opportunity to jump in mid-season this year, as opposed to well, you know, the last couple of years haven't really been very fun. If you're a baseball fan, or even for, certainly not for Red Sox people. I mean, my God, last season yeah. was <laughs> last season was bad news bears. This season is looking real fun. So. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what I'll be up to, and um, yeah. But anyway, we'll we'll be back, and you know, obviously, if major news breaks, then we'll we'll be back. We'll do an emergency pod or whatever. But uh, all you guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, we started this up right at the, the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, and man, I mean, we've almost done an episode every week since then. I mean, pretty close to it. 68 episodes, I think now. Um, you know, you guys, you guys, it's really been a pleasure. I'm really grateful that you guys have all made the show the success it's been. And, uh, you know, we're not done, but uh, we're, we're kind of call it, a, call it a little break and uh, a little vacation for the summer. And, you know, we'll, we'll be back soon. So anyway, in the meantime, you guys can all follow me on Twitter at Max Cerullo, M-A-C-C-E-R-U-L-L-O. Uh, follow me for all your Red Sox news and info and, you know, obviously some thoughts on UConn. You can follow Tim. It's a, what is it? A Tim from UConn, right? At, at Tim from yes. UConn now. Um, and, you know, obviously you know, follow everything he's been involved with. Uh, yes, UConn podcast at gmail.com. You know, shoot us a message if you want to say hi. And uh, yeah, just, you know, rate, rate and review our, our show on the Apple podcasts and, you know, Spotify or whatever. And uh, yeah. So um, that's it. We'll we'll be back uh, when we'll we'll see you when we see you and uh, go UConn and you know all that good stuff. All right, guys, you be good. <laughs>